Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. Reminding you why we all love living in Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show on uh, coming to you from the Citizens Bank Studio. I really enjoyed that conversation with Captain Anna Franco. Can't wait to have her back and continue the conversation about the important role the military plays in Mississippi. So now we're going to shift gears. It's no secret to anyone that I spend a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta. So I live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I have a place up in the Mississippi Delta, especially this time of year, spent a lot of time up there. I've, I've fallen in love with the hi- blues history of Mississippi, but uh, having been a, you know, my mom was a piano teacher, so I can bang on the piano, but I was big time a drummer growing up, playing a lot of different music. I can absolutely appreciate that Mississippi is the birthplace of American music with the with the king of rock and roll, the father of country music, and the, and the king of blues, all from Mississippi, and so many other incredible stories to tell about how they influenced the world of music. Um, I can't talk enough about it. So with that said, I am thrilled to have Emily Havens with me today. Uh, someone I'm just now getting to know. She's the executive director of the Grammy Museum in Mississippi. And uh, we're just going to start a conversation that will probably take over a bunch of shows before it's all said and done. But Emily, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. So are you at the museum now? I am. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm at the museum. We are rolling today. Uh, speaking of water, we have our American Queen boat uh, tours here today. So we've got people um, in the museum that are rolling in the Mississippi River. Um, so ex- excited to always welcome visitors from all over. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm, is that the same one that Steve Azor is associated with? So Steve uh, works and does programming for the Viking cruise line. So I yeah. think there are three cruise lines on the Mississippi now. American Queen Voyages is one, Viking, and also American Cruise Line. So the Mississippi is busy um, moving grain this time of year and a lot of other um, product down the Mississippi, but also a lot of passengers and a lot of river tourism for sure. Boy, that is that is that's so exciting for for our our state. As people really grasp, you know, some people may be just coming into the understanding the role that Mississippi plays as it relates to American music. But at sort of at the epicenter of of, of sharing that story, you know, that's one of the visions behind the Grammy Museum. I mean, the, the, to capture that uh, this whole notion of the role the crossroads played and the, the the claim we can say around us being the home of American music. But it's exciting for you. You've been there since, uh, what, 2015? Is that when you came to the museum? Yeah, we were. Um, we we had certainly broken ground and construction started, but I actually started um, very early, um, January 2015, and in this role, um, and it's really uh, played an important part, I think, of the success of the museum, being able to get on board early on, um, raising money for the museum, knowing our donors, kind of knowing everything, and being able to have some input um, in some operational um, decisions that we made before uh, we even opened the doors in March 2016. I cannot believe it's been several, many years ago now. Uh, it's crazy that we'll be starting our eighth year pretty soon. But it, like I said, it's an eye-opening experience. We've got a big claim to make, don't we? 
We do. There are so many artists um, that are from this state, so many genres born um, in this state, uh, so many uh, forms of music that have been influenced by um, what started here in Mississippi. I definitely agree with a lot of music uh, historians who say this is definitely the birthplace of American music. And I love seeing the visitors come into the museum, uh, paying homage to that and really recognizing and the respect that they have for Mississippi and what it's brought. Um, you know, we were in, I was in a, a meeting just recently and, and it was um, with students and the artist was talking to the students about, you know, you should be proud from where you come from, that this is really where it all started. And so it's just really fun to be able to share that with visitors, with students um, and, uh, and see how the students have a better understanding of our history and, um, and respect for it. They do. And, uh, you know, I've had such great conversations. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, obviously, Steve and I have talked many times, and yeah. Steve, Steve Azar, Bill Luckett, and I had the last long-form interview he did before he passed away. Um, as you know well, Morgan Freeman's partner in the Ground Zero Blues Club from Clarksdale. But, but, but one of the things that Bill talked about, and I captured well, was the story of young musicians that are coming along and how there's been a passing of the baton, so to speak, for some of the older artists and the way we've been able to bring them. You know, some of them were in little nooks and crannies, and we didn't really appreciate that they, some were even still alive and, and able to contribute. But the past, I think of Kingfish, for example, and, and, and what he's been able to do, and a long list of others. But it's, but we, we, we're really beginning to really capture the essence of the core of blues music in particular. I know this is more than just about blues music, but and and we're passing that baton. Some of the young artists that are coming along, Grammy winners in and of themselves, that's been exciting to see, hasn't it? You know, it has. And when you bring up Kingfish, and, and I know we'll probably get to our new exhibit, he's featured in that. But early on, speaking of um, the respect that he had for and hit the people that have influenced him, we had in 2017, we opened up a Stevie Ray Vaughan exhibit. And Kingfish's mom, uh, Princess, was alive then and doing a lot of his management. So this was, you know, six, seven years ago. And, um, Anyway, she, um, she, he called us, he contacted us and said, is there any way I can participate in the opening of this exhibit? Jimmy um, Vaughn was going to be here. And of course, Kingfish did indeed perform at the opening, but Stevie Ray was definitely somebody who influenced him in a way. Um, and he just has a lot of respect for the way he played um, and his music. And so it was, it was kind of that really great to have Kingfish here and to uh, help us open that exhibit and, and the stories that he had of learning and watching videos of Stevie Ray for many years. And then even now, um, you know, being able to celebrate Kingfish and now that he's won a Grammy and and certainly getting his start in Clarksdale at Delta Blues Museum and the instrument playing and in, uh, in the role that that museum played in, uh, in his early years. And he's just a great story. He's a great guy. Um, and he has worked really hard to get where he is. And we, we celebrate him in the museum. We've got some great artifacts in our new exhibit um, of Kingfish. And it's really, um, it's wonderful. We had an opening of this exhibit and we had, you know, older um, R&B and blues musicians that performed. And they were, they were hoping, so hoping that Kingfish was going to be able to be here. And he could because of his tour, uh, tour schedule. But it really shows you how much they respect this show younger generation as well. So it's really incredible to watch. Uh, Cedric Burnside, of course, comes to mind. 
Cedric is amazing. Um, Cedric has been here uh, several times at the museum. Uh, I just remember, um, speaking of drumming, uh, my son is a drummer as well. But Cedric, of course, is a, is a, he, a great drummer. And he actually did an education program for us on National Drumming Day um, one year and, and brought students on stage to drum with him. And that was just an incredible experience. And, of course, now he's won a Grammy. Um, <laughs> so he's got, of course, a long life and, and history, family history of incredible music and um, music making and songwriting and performances from all the Burnsides. But Cedric is such a friend of ours, and we're so thankful, um, you know, to celebrate him when he's here at the museum and do programs with him. And he's just a he's wonderful um, ambassador of music for the state of Mississippi as well. Well, the song that he and Steve Azar did, Cold Water, was kind of a, a, a an anthem for the uh, the pandemic in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, yeah. it really was. But you know, it's a, there's so there's so many stories there. Cedric, as you pointed out, getting it generationally from his father and grandfather, and um, and the great story of Kingfish is that he got it from the from the you know the Blues Museum, and how you know it doesn't matter how how we get it as long as they get it because we need to be passing it to the next generation and what i love about the about so many of these stories is they go to places like europe and they're famous and then they come back home and in a lot of ways we kind of take it for granted because it's been here all you know all our lives we don't truly appreciate the incredible influence these musicians have across genres to musicians around the world yeah you know i um you think of um, Keith Johnson, who uh, is, and, and you may not know who Keith is, but he is uh, he is Prince of the Del- of the Delta Blues, um, and he won a, a competition in Memphis. But Keith um, went to De- Delta State in the DMI program. Um, Muddy Waters' great grandson, I think that's right. But Keith, um, I just re- he came in as a guest artist to the museum and helped us teach our summer camp of this past summer. And so I show, I reminded him. This is a student who has an incredible. He's been now been all over the world. But I showed him a picture of one year um, back in 2016. We took DMI students to, to LA during Grammy Week, and they did an education program for kids there. And so I showed him the picture of his first autograph. So there was a student from LA. Um, and she asked for his autograph, and that was truly his first autograph. And now he's been all over the world playing the blues, and um, and you know, and, and so got such a following now. It's really incredible. Then he still makes time to come back here and help us teach students and educate students about the blues and the storytelling and how important it is. And you know, for us at the museum, we do um, we do uh, education programs, but we also do a guitar program free for for students 21 weeks of guitar lessons and then we take them to places like dockery and delta blues museum bb king museum and just like kingfish just like keith um you know we're hoping you know maybe one day one of these kids that we're um that we're um, providing these opportunities for wins a grammy and they say they got their start at the grammy museum but hopefully you know it's, it's more about getting that best friend and taking that best friend into your room every day writing songs about how you feel and getting to um, play them on a guitar and so I think about Keith and Kingfish because that's exactly what they did. I love the passion for the education programs. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about the Southern Rock and the Highway 61 exhibits and some other kind of milestones they've had at the Grammy Museum as we continue our conversation with Emily Havens after this break.
now, back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have Emily Havens, who is the executive director for the Grammy Museum in Mississippi. You think Grammy Museum, you think L.A., but Mississippi put its stake in the dirt in a big way, and it's something to really be proud of, isn't it, Emily? It is. It's um, it's incredible. You know, when I still when I tell people that there's just two in the world, and one is here, and one is LA, it kind of takes people back for sure. But um, you know, I think that there's no other place, um, you know, for this museum to be and to be able to celebrate in, in the Mississippi Gallery as well as all the other um, Grammy Award winners that we celebrate here in the museum. But you know, when you think about our history and you think about being situated next door to Delta State University and our educational mission, then it just makes perfect sense for it to be here. Yeah, no doubt. So there is really no limit to how you can tell the story and how many stories there are to tell from uh, from those who have made their marks in Mississippi music. Um, I, I think Southern Rock's you know a big part of the story. Tell me tell me about what you guys are doing there. We um, opened an exhibit up last year on uh, celebrating the sounds of Southern rock. And so it really tells the story of the, you know, the early seventies and uh, of Southern rock and certainly the Allman brothers and really incredible artifacts from Dwayne and, and from and Greg and from all the Allman brothers on uh, JMO, who is from Mississippi, of course, but it really, and then it, you know, it talks about Leonard Skinner and, um, and Charlie Daniels band. And then it goes into more contemporary um, Southern rock um, bands that were influenced influenced um, so much by the genre. And so it has, you know, we have Drive-By Truckers and Widespread Panic and and some more um, bands that really speak to people today. And then they get to really see if they didn't know, or even if they did know, kind of where the genre started and the influence that they we see in bands today that were started in Southern Rock. It was so incredible working with um, Dwayne and Greg's family, um, working with Dickie Betts uh, on this exhibit, um, working with Leonard Skinner and, and some of the um, the managers um, from that um, from that band, and as well as Charlie Daniels. We even had Charlie Daniels' uh, widow here, his son here, um, to celebrate some of his guitar techs managers. And so we opened the exhibit in a big way. Um, really glad to be able to um, to celebrate the opening of that exhibit. And it's been really popular. So many people. Um, you know, travel here to see um, those artifacts. It's been wonderful to share with the world. We've had some great programming, um, some of our most attended programming and screen um, stories on screen, which is our kind of our documentaries that we um, do while we have, um, while we had Southern Rock here have been really popular. I and some of those stories are wild. It was really interesting hearing the stories between um, the night opening between Leonard Skinner and Charlie Daniels because they they were together a lot for these some of these jam festivals. And so I can remember Charlie Daniels um, and the manager of Leonard Skinner. They said, you know, <laughs> they would just fight. <laughs> Like not each other, but they talked about how Leonard Skinner would always, their group would always get in a fight and Charlie Daniels' band was like, okay, what's going on here? So uh, it was just really some wild and funny stories on the road touring together. I had uh, I had Brad Arnold, as you know, he's from coastal Mississippi with three, uh, three Doors Down. 
and he talked about how he was in Japan and was having huge sobriety issues. And he called Charlie Daniels and his wife, and he gives uh, Charlie Daniels all the credit for helping him find sobriety in his life. And he came back and he he went on to uh, to, to really take care of himself and focus on his health. But it's interesting. Uh-huh. Here's an old generation guy, Charlie Daniels, with this new generation guy and Brad Arnold. But it was a very touching story. It was viewed like over 50,000 times. It's just a terrific story. That's incredible. I did not know that. I'll have to pay attention to that and, and watch it for sure. Yeah. That's incredible. So, and their connection to Mississippi. So, I remember exactly where I was the moment I heard that Leonard Skinner plane crashed. I think a lot of people in those days that because Leonard was Skinner was the, defining uh, the culture of those days. It was quite incredible the, that music and how it sort of embodied so much of the of the moment. But uh, remember the, exactly where I was. Hey, one of the things that Bill Luckett said is he said he could go into Ground Zero Blues Club at any moment, and over fifty percent of the people were there were not from the U.S. They were from all around the world, Great Britain and Australia and New Zealand and other places. Same thing true there that you can get people from all over all over the world. Absolutely, we have. Um, we, of course, we've had um, people from all fifty states and from forty eight foreign countries, so we do track it. Um, but yeah, just in, any any given day, we may have someone from Italy or France, and we in fact um, we had an entire um, American Queen boat um, that was chartered by a group from Great Britain, and so uh, they even had a radio show um, that I did a little piece on. Um, so they were doing a radio show from the boat, which is really interesting. But Australia, we have a lot of visitors from Australia. Um, and it's, you know, Dockery Plantation is just eight miles um, east of the museum. And so we um, we do a lot with, with Bill Lester there and Dockery. And he tells me all the time, you know, he can walk out there and look in the guest book. At any given day, there's someone, an international visitor um, visiting the plantation there. So it really is incredible the number of people international um, that, you know, that flock to this area. And so that's why it's incredible for us to keep sharing that with kids because sometimes they don't realize what they have and where they live and the opportunities that they have to learn about our own history here. The connections, the connections with the Robert, uh, Robert Johnson and Eric Clapton and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I mean, the stories are so, there's so many stories to tell. This is the first of many conversations that I'm going to have with you, but we're out of time for the day. Emily, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, same, Ricky. Thank you for having me and I look forward to coming back. You bet. This has been Emily Havens, the executive director of the Grammy Museum in Mississippi. Listen, have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.